0: Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, we'll get along great and this is the place for you. 5 days a week i'll share a brief episode often based on the come follow me curriculum for that week that i'm using to have daily conversations with my kids whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner and you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode.
1: All right, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. This is episode nine of season two, where we're starting to dig into Lehi's vision of the tree of life. But before we do that, I had a friend of mine send me some feedback. So I talked last week about um, wanting to hear your thoughts and your ideas as you study and the, the, the insights that you get. And I um, So a friend of mine did that and you can do that as well. And I would love for you to do so. So there's a couple different ways. Uh, One is just uh, shoot me an email or shoot me a message on Facebook or on Instagram. I would love to to hear from you that way. The other way that you can do it is by, there's a link in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, there's a link in the show notes to leave a voicemail and you can leave me a voicemail and I can just, I can either play that voicemail on the episode, which would be totally cool to do. Um, or I can just summarize it and share it that way. Or I cannot share it at all. If you just want to share it with me and not have it shared, that's totally cool too. But you can, you can get that link, <clears throat> uh, in the show notes, anywhere you listen to this, or you can go to everydayconversion.com forward slash leave a message, all one word, leave a message, um, to share your insights. But my friend, Dan, Dan Nelson, uh, sent me a message and he was responding to my my question that I posed in in um, episode eight. And if you haven't listened to that, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, where I asked. You know, and I just kind of I was more of a ponder. Uh, you know, why uh, you know if if the books in the beginning of the Book of Mormon were more important, or not more important, but just uh, if Heavenly Father knew that most of us would only get through the first books of the Book of Mormon, and so therefore He put uh, some really important stuff there at the beginning. And if there was a reason that. Mormon felt, um, impressed to, uh, make sure that those were in the words of Nephi and he just put them in there, uh, all whole. He didn't abridge them. He didn't summarize them. He just gave it to us whole. Whereas the rest of the book of Mormon was summarized. So Dan responded to me and said, here's a thought that came to me. It's line upon line. As you go through the book, the things we learn get deeper. The things we learn early in the book are the building blocks to get us to that point. If you don't learn about faith and listening and following the Spirit from Nephi, then what's the point of the challenge Moroni gives in the end to seek revelation for ourselves to find out if the book is true? Even if you compare the things we learned in 1 Nephi with the, with Second Nephi and Jacob, then it continues on throughout the book. But we have to start with small and simple things to build the foundation before the building. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're not important, I'm saying they're essential to be able to learn what the rest of the book teaches. They, they say that Christ is the cornerstone of our religion. Maybe the things we learn in the first Nephi make up the foundation where that cornerstone is placed. I thought that was really interesting. And I I had never thought of it in that sense as, as they build on each other, but I, I think he's absolutely right. Um, and I, I love that example of if we don't learn about seeking revelation and how to recognize revelation and how to hear the spirit, it's really hard for us at the end to <clears throat> then um, you know, take Moroni's challenge and pray and and learn if the book is true. So, um, I love that insight. I thought that was awesome. So, Dan, thanks so much for for listening and for for sharing your insights with you and 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 the rest of you listening. I would love to hear your insights as well. So, feel free to share those with me. But today, we're going to dig into First Nephi chapter eight. And uh, I've read uh, Lehi's vision of the tree of life many times, and I've always focused. On probably what most of us have focused on, which is, uh, you know, the the straight and narrow path and the rod of iron and the, the water and the tree and the mists of darkness and those pressing forward and those falling away and those getting lost and uh, those partaking of the fruit and then falling away. And I think all of those things are important. But I, again, I think because of the focus that, that I got from uh, come follow me. Um, about this being a, a story about a, a family, um, despite their imperfections, living the gospel. I think because of that, I saw something very different as I, as I read the tree of life today. And I thought it was really cool. So first off, I thought it's interesting that um, there's, this one, there's this one verse right at the beginning of chapter eight, where it says, it came to pass, we had gathered together all manner of seeds of every kind, both grain of every kind, and also of seeds of fruit of every kind. And then it says, uh, while they were in the in the wilderness, that Lehi said he dreamed a dream. And I thought it's interesting. And I know this happens to me with my dreams and uh, you know impressions and everything. They play upon what's happening in my life. And so I think it's interesting that Nephi says, "Look, we were gathering seeds, and we were gathering fruit, and we were gathering food and grain. And then he has this vision of fruit and a fruit tree, and um, it being." Represented, Representative of the tree or of, of eternal life. So I think that's interesting. Uh, just a, an interesting side note there. But the thing that stuck out to me is um, really tied to that idea of family and a family living the gospel. So here's what it was uh, The thing I noticed was Lehi finds himself at the tree of life. You know, he goes through a jar- dark and dreary waste, he travels for many hours in the darkness. And then he comes to a tree. There's no comment about a path. There's no comment about him finding a rod of iron, uh, just that he was in a dark and dreary waste. And then after several hours in the darkness, he prayed and he came uh, to a large and spacious field and beheld a tree. And he went and he partook of the fruit. Then it says that afterwards he said, oh man, I want my family to experience this. Um, And you know, it, it made me think of the fact that once we internalize the gospel, once we experience the joy of the gospel, it's natural for us to want to share it with others. Um, and it makes me think of, um, shoot, I wasn't planning on sharing this, and so I don't have it. So I got to grab grab my Bible. But it makes me think of, I think it's Luke, Luke 22, 42. I think that's the scripture. I'm going to look it up here. Um, I should know it. It was when I was mission leader. This was our our uh, our scripture for our um nope, it's not that one. Twenty-two uh um what was it? It's gonna drive me nuts. I'm gonna have to look it up here. Uh but it's it's the one we used for our mission plan. Um I'll find it here real quick. I'm looking in my old topical guide here. Um I can almost quote it, but I would like to read it. Twenty-two twenty-two thirty-two, not twenty-two forty-two. Um I was close and I had the thought that I should just look that at 32, and then I didn't. Alright, so Luke 22. My hands aren't working. I just got back from the gym and now my hands aren't working. Alright, um, so it made me think of this scripture. Which is the Savior talking to Peter. And he says, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And so it made me think of that. It's like, okay, Lehi's experienced experienced, uh, eternal life. He's partaken of the fruit. And now his desire is for his family to partake of it. And it says, he looks around to see if he can't find them. And he sees at the head of the river, he sees Sariah and Sam and Nephi. And it says again, it just says uh, in verse fifteen, it came to pass that I beckoned unto them, and I also did say unto them with a loud voice that they should come unto me and partake of the fruit which was desirable above all other fruit. And it came to pass that they did come unto me and partake of the fruit also. And then he sees Lamia and Lemuel, and he asked them to come as well, and they would come. But the thing that stuck out to me was again, there's no when when what I noticed was the difference in the the experience and the the path and the journey of Nephi, Sam, and Saraya, with compared to the path and the journey of everybody else that Lehi sees in this dream. Uh, for Saraya and Nephi and Sam, there is no there's no discussion. There's no you know Lehi doesn't mention or talk about or see um, the straight narrow path. Uh, he doesn't talk about or see the rod of iron. He doesn't talk about there being mists of darkness. He doesn't talk about uh, even, well, he sees them at the head of the river, but he doesn't really talk about the river much. He just says, I was at the tree. I saw my family a ways off. I called to them and invited them to come and they came. And that was it. And what I got from that, and um, this is what stuck out to me, was what a powerful influence lehi was in his family's life and getting them to the tree of life and getting them to eternal life in this dream he was a a beacon and a point of reference for them obtaining the fruit and i'm not saying by any means that the rod of iron wasn't important that the straight and narrow path isn't important but those weren't the points of reference those weren't the the most important points of reference in lehi getting his family to the tree Those weren't the things he focused on. He focused on him seeing them and him calling to them from the tree of life, and they came to him. And what I thought of is what a powerful influence I can be as uh, a parent, as the priesthood leader in my home, uh, to help my family reach eternal life and to live the gospel. Uh, You know, as parents, As uh, we're not the Savior, we're not perfect, and certainly we want our family to uh, build their foundation upon the rock of our Redeemer, which is Christ. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but what I am saying is, as a parent, we can be a very influential waypoint in helping our family navigate to the tree. You know, if we as parents are solidly on the path, if we are on our way to eternal life, that is another point of reference for our children. That is another thing that they can look to to help them make sure they're on the path in addition to the rod of iron, in addition to the straight and narrow path. It's another point of reference. And from what I can read of Lehi's vision, it was a very, very powerful point of reference because there was no talk in the mist of darkness. There was no talk about Nephi wavering or Sam wavering or Sarai wavering. They just went straight to Lehi and ended up at the tree of life and partook of the fruit. I think that's massively powerful when we think about that, of the influence and the 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 value that us having a strong testimony, us living the gospel fully, can have on our children, and vice versa. If 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 having a strong testimony is influential, then certainly not conspicuously living the gospel could and will have a negative influence. It makes me think of. Uh, a talk by Elder Holland that's one of my favorite talks that he's ever given. I think it's called A Prayer for the Children. I'll put it in the show notes at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-9. But it's a fantastic talk. And it talks about how if we don't live the gospel conspicuously, our children will not pick up on those cues. And it will be much more difficult for them to live the gospel. And whatever whatever separation we have from the gospel, our children will exceed that separation because they don't see it. And you know, one of my favorite lines from that talk is Elder Holland saying, live the gospel as conspicuously as possible. That's one of the reasons that, that I have felt impressed in this conversation with a friend of mine at church the other day, that I have had a spiritual prompting and impression. Uh, when I was bishop, I never took my scriptures with me. I used my iPad Uh, Because I was moving around and interviewing people and meeting with people and going from class to class, just listening and interacting with people. So I never brought my scriptures because it was just one more thing to carry. And I had the thought when I was bishop that when I was not bishop anymore, I needed to carry my physical scriptures. And I needed to read my physical scriptures. You know, I love, I love, love, love the fact that, you know, when I'm traveling and everything that I can have the scriptures with me at any time. And I love that I can pull them up on my phone, but I have had the impression for myself that I need to be reading my physical scriptures. I need to be studying my physical scriptures and that's why they're right here next to me. And that's what I used to study when I'm sitting at home, I have my scriptures up. And the prompting that I had was that I needed to do that, not just for me. Yes, it's different. And and I believe, and for me, it's easier to study with them and it's easier to follow footnotes and those types of things because it's all on one page rather than clicking the link but the most important thing that i realized was i needed to do it so that my kids saw me reading the scriptures there is no mistaking when they walk into the room and my scriptures are open what i'm doing if i'm studying my scriptures on my phone i could be studying my scriptures or i could be reading looking at facebook i could be playing a game i could be reading a news article even if i'm reading my scriptures they don't get that necessarily but when i'm reading my scriptures and my physical scriptures are open There is no mistaking what I'm doing. And so living the gospel conspicuously is so, so very important. And we as parents can be that additional waypoint, that additional point of reference for our kids to help them more easily get to the tree of life, more easily get to eternal life. And I think that's so valuable and important for us to notice and to realize is the influence that Lehi, being at the Tree of Life, had on the ease of Sariah, Sam, and Nephi getting to the Tree of Life. And I think that's an important aspect. And that's the thing that stuck out to me as I read Lehi's account this time. A couple of other things that I noticed just kind of more cursory and not nearly as involved um, verse 28, I had this marked already in my scriptures and I, I still really love this Inside The last time I read the tree of life account, um, I think it was last year or sometime I was studying something and I, I was going back and forth and, and I'd read this in verse 28. It says after, so this is par- talking about the types of, or the different groups of people that were on the path. And it says of so this group, after they had tasted of the fruit, they were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them. And they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. And so many times when I've read this, I've thought, oh, yeah, you know, I, I think I just subconsciously thought these are members that weren't very strong. But then I started thinking, getting to the tree is a long and difficult journey. It didn't happen overnight. It wasn't an, an easy thing. You know, when we read the account of all the other ones, you know, you have to get a hold of the rod of iron. You have to stay on the path. You have to persevere. You have to push forward. You have to press forward cling on the rod uh, until you're able to partake of the fruit. So these people that partook of the fruit, tasted the fruit, and then were ashamed, these are long-time, seemingly solid members of the church. And what that taught me was any of us can fall away. Any of us can have something happen and pull us away from the church. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a member. It doesn't matter how long you've held a temple recommend and and that for years you've gone to the temple every week. It doesn't matter that you've served in certain callings. It doesn't matter. If we don't continue to live the gospel, we can fall away. If we worry too much about what other people think, we can fall away. If we let someone offend us, we can fall away. This isn't the scripture, this verse isn't talking about brand new members that fall away. Those are the ones that. That fall away before they even get to the tree. We're talking about people that have got to the tree and partaken of the fruit, and then they fall away. And that's just a reminder to me that I need to make sure that I am staying faithful. That no matter how uh, how well I do this year, next year I still need to be faithful. That I need to continue to do the things that I need to do because anyone can make a mistake and fall away. Anyone can get Complacent and fall away. Anyone can get offended and fall away. We have to make sure that we don't do that. The final thing that I thought that I really want, really noticed um, in here that I liked, um, uh, verses thirty six through thirty eight, is when Lehi is. It says that he exceedingly feared for Laman and Lemuel, and he feared lest they should be cast off from the presence of the Lord. And this is what I love in verse thirty seven. It says he did exhort them. Then, with all the feeling of a tender parent, that they would hearken unto his words, that perhaps the Lord would be merciful to them and not cast them off. Yea, my father did preach unto them. And the thing that I wrote down was as parents, a lot of times we can see uh, the challenges or the weaknesses or um, the trials that our kids will face. And this is what was happening with Lehi. He had seen up until this point that Laman and Lemuel were more prone to complain, uh, that they were more prone to um, not wanting to do the things that they were counseled to do. And so in this vision, he sees them not wanting to come to the tree. And so no doubt when they had those conversations, when he was exhorting them, no doubt he was bringing up some of these things and saying, look, you know, you need to watch yourself. You need to, to take note of, of these feelings and the way you're acting. And it worries me. And I want the best for you. And as parents, we see those things. We see their trials. We see their challenges. We see their weaknesses. And it's our job to point those out to them, help them to recognize and correct and strengthen them. But we need to do so in a kind and a loving manner. You know, it made me think of um, a, a scripture if I've referenced several times already, and I'll probably keep referencing because one of my goals is to be a better parent and, and to be more loving and to be more kind this year. And so it made me think of um, Doctrine and Covenants 121, 41 through um, 44. Uh, no power or influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. Reproving be times with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing forth an increase of love, showing forth afterwards an increase of love towards him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy, that he may know that thy faithfulness is stronger than the cords of death. So as we notice these weaknesses and we help our kids to uh, recognize them and address them and and strengthen them, we also need to do so in a manner that um, invites the Spirit and encourages them. Um, And those things are important. Uh, but it's most, but it is important that we be that waypoint and that beacon for them. It's much easier to encourage them to get on the path and move towards eternal life if we're on that path and we're moving towards eternal life. And that's what I got out of uh, this this account of Lehi's vision today was just the value of having me as a parent be an additional point of reference, an additional help to getting my family to. Um, the tree of life. So you can get the links to everything we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-9. And again, I would love to hear your insights, your feedback, your thoughts. Send me a message on Facebook. Send me a message on, on Instagram. Um, you know, send a message, a voicemail at everydayconversion.com forward slash leave a message, all, all one word, leave a message. And I would love to hear from you. And we will see you in the next episode.
0: All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue Primary Children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.